0: Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. And our first reading is from Colossians, the third chapter, verses 12 and 13. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading comes to us from Colossians chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. It's just a continuation of what Judy was reading. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful... Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of the Lord. Now, although it may look like it, my sermon title actually is TBD and it is not an unfinished sermon. I'm not still working on it. I promise I did it. I did my homework. Um, But when you don't get your stuff in early enough, our production company does put TBD in there. So my sermon title has been this before, but this time it was on purpose. When I was a child my name was not TC. My name was something different. (laughs) But after eighth grade, before going into high school, I had an opportunity, an opportunity to change who I was, or at least change how I was. You see, when I was in middle school, I needed glasses. I didn't want them. I had glasses when I was in elementary school, but I refused to wear them until my mother found out that that's why I was getting such poor grades. So when I was in middle school, I grew out of my childhood glasses. And my mother took me to get new glasses, and we landed on these. Yeah. (laughs) So obviously, when I went to high school and could get contact lenses, I did that. (laughs) (laughs) I ditched my old school television tube turtle-rimmed glasses, which my mother told me were totally in style. And she still sticks to that story, (laughs) saying everyone was wearing them back then. (laughs) Along with ditching those clearly marvelous specs, I changed my name to TC, I became more outgoing, and I pretended to be more confident. I wasn't more confident, but I pretended to be. You know, the whole fake it till you make it thing. And I can tell you now that 20-ish years later, I've made it to being pretty confident. There are big moments in life that come along and give us permission to change allow us to become new, hopefully better versions of ourselves, to evaluate where we were, where we've been, and to decide where we might want to go. For me, between middle and high school, I decided that my glasses were obviously just too attractive for me to wear. I didn't want to be so much of a lady killer. So I went with a more tamed down look. But I also wanted to become a different person, outgoing, funny, the life of the party. I would say I was pretty successful. (laughs) (laughs) I had another opportunity between high school and college, between college and seminary, and between seminary and this job. At each transition, I had a chance to begin again, have a fresh start. Sometimes I would take advantage of this, and other times I didn't change much of anything at all. This is why I'm actually coming around on liking New Year's Eve, not because of the inflated promises that we make to ourselves. You know, this year I'm not going to eat out at all, or I'll finally save enough money to buy that mansion in the woods that I've been looking at. But instead, because it's an opportunity every 12 months to look back, take stock, rethink and consider how we might move forward. New Year's is a reminder every year that our past does not have to determine our future. Like I said, I'm starting to like New Year's more and more because it's a relatively small thing. I mean, it happens every single year. It can become just another night with little to no significance at all, but it's a reminder for us to check ourselves. It's a reminder of a choice that we have every single day. We don't need to wait for a large moment to change, a moment when we go from one school to another or into a new career or move across the country. We don't need to wait for those moments to become new. Our next year, our next month, our next day, our next hour is yet TBD, yet to be determined. For an example of this, I would like to look at the number one New Year's resolution that is made. Do you know what it is? Lose weight. Exercise more is the number one, but number two is lose weight. I think they go hand in hand. These are the top two most common New Year's resolutions that people make, and yet of all resolutions made, only 46% of people are successful in sticking to one of them. I would bet that for these two, that number is a little bit lower. Do you know why it's so hard for us to stick to resolutions? I think that it's because people make the resolutions for the entire year. Once February hits, the shine of New Year's is dimming, and it's harder to stick to it. Instead, we need to, we need to see each evening as a New Year's Eve, a chance to choose how we want to better ourselves tomorrow. This is a picture of my best friend James. He and I have literally known each other for my entire life. He was at my very first birthday party, which was at a McDonald's play place. And there are pictures to prove it, but I didn't put them up here. I was much cuter when I was one. Now a couple of years ago, James decided that he wanted to change. He wanted to change his exercise and his eating habits, and so he did. It wasn't on New Year's Eve. It wasn't because he was starting a new job. It was because he wanted to be healthier. This is James now. He has completely transformed his body and honestly his life. Now, before you all get confused, this isn't a weight loss sermon. (laughs) I'm not about to tell you that he took some pill or drink and you can too for just 12 small payments at $49.99. The reason I bring James up is because he didn't choose to do this at New Year's Eve and have the shine wear off. He didn't choose to do this at a big transition in his life. He chose every day to get up and say, how can I do better than yesterday? He chose every week to say, how can I be better than last week? When we see each moment as an opportunity to grow and adapt, to become better, then before then before we know it we'll look back on our lives and we won't recognize who was that person way back there i'm starting to love new years because it comes around every 12 months to remind me that i should be continually trying to become better than i am i should be continuing to grow we have Free will, which means that we can always choose a new path. We can always choose a new action, a new way of being, a new career, a new sense of belonging. Now, if I ended this here, it would be a very nice motivational speech, but it wouldn't quite be a sermon. So here comes the Christian twist on this, and it involves the scripture that we read today. Colossians was written by Paul and or Timothy to the church in Colossae where Paul had actually never been. The letter references Paul being in jail and our passage is about living a Christian life. The church was concerned about their salvation. They were worried that they needed to start to partake in certain Jewish practices in order to assure their deliverance. These practices included circumcision, food laws, Sabbath keeping, and other laws as well. Paul responds to them with a list of life guidelines. He talks about clothing yourself with compassion with kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, and clothing yourself in love, letting peace rule your hearts, and much, much more. This is not a simple task. In fact, it's a very, very difficult list. It might just be easier to get circumcised and not eat pork than to do this list properly. I know it would be way easier to actually just ignore this list completely and be vengeful or cruel, proud, short-fused. But as Christians, we have to take the harder path, the road less traveled. We must choose to be compassionate, kind, humble, meek, and patient. We must choose to bear with one another, to forgive each other. And most of all, we must choose love. A love that comforts and corrects. A love that accepts who you are but pushes you to be the best you you can be. A love that stands up for justice, sits down with the outcast, and kneels next to those who are grieving. A love that celebrates our cheers, calms our fears, and catches our tears. This is the love that we are called to. But we don't always succeed in this, do we? I know I don't. I know that there are days where the very first line of this passage seems impossible to me. Clothe myself in compassion and kindness, but this person on the internet just said something that I disagree with. How can I possibly be compassionate? Meekness and humility, but I'm right. And I know I'm right. So how am I supposed to be humble? Patience? This dude just zoomed up the exit ramp and cut me off. I have no patience for him. I fail more often than I succeed. But the beauty of this time of year is that it reminds me that I get to try again. When I fail at being compassionate, I can try again. When I fail at being kind, I can try again. When I'm not humble or meek or patient or loving or forgiving, I get to try again. Each year, each month, each day, each hour, each moment, we get to ask, how could I have handled that better? How could I have been more loving? And then we get to try again. You see, our God isn't a God of second chances or third chances. Our God isn't a God of fifth or ninth or 27th chances. Our God is a God of infinite chances. God knows that we will mess up, that our resolutions will be made and broken and remade again. And God loves us just the same. God says, come on, get up, you got this. You know you can do it. I know you can do it. I believe in you. And I don't know about you, but having a God that believes in me feels pretty good. In fact, it gives me the courage to try again, even when I have failed so many times before. It helps me to believe in myself, hold myself to a higher standard, and try more times than I would if someone didn't believe in me. So this New Year's Eve, as the ball drops, and you look back on 2018, you get to look back on all of your accomplishments and all of your failures, all of your joys and all of your sorrows, all of your, as my youth would call them, highs and lows of 2018. And you get to take stock. You get to ask yourself, how could I have done this better? How could I have been more loving, more compassionate, more patient, more forgiving? What could I do tomorrow to live a life more centered in God? And then you get to make the resolution to better your spiritual life as well as your body and your mind. Then on the next evening, January 1st, there's no ball drop. There's no show with Anderson Cooper or Ryan Seacrest or Carson Daly. Ask those same questions again. How could I have been more loving today? What could I do tomorrow to live a life more centered in God? And then the next night, do the same, and the next, and the next. May we continue to get up when we fall. Continue to try again when we fail. Continue to follow Jesus ever closer every new year, every new month, and every new moment. Happy New Year's, and amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org. For more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Prez family of faith.